My addiction began in ninth grade after having so much fuck shit happen to me. This was the period in my life where I was truly alone and when I went to school I would get bullied both verbally and physically. And this cycle of loneliness and bullying went on for about a whole year. It was during a time where everyone close to me started distancing themselves from me. I would cry every night because the mixture of feeling so weak because the bullies were bigger than me and the loneliness that would consume my mind when I got home was too painful. So I started thinking of something I could use to numb everything and I found out you can get high on DXM and DPH, two drugs I had in my medicine cabinet at that very moment. I was doing them separately at this point. DPH was the drug I liked more only because it was kind of like self-harm honestly. It was like it felt good because I was hurting myself, and not only that, the loneliness would be replaced by hallucinations of people and pets. I didn't give a fuck about the body load, I thought it felt good. The heaviness felt amazing to me, and the emotional numbing was what I loved the most. When I started taking it before school so that I could numb myself from the pain was when I started to lose control. I started taking doses from anywhere to 200 milligrams all the way up to 1.3 grams or higher over the course of these two years. I would wake up and eat a handful of pink pills, get home from school, take more pink pills, and this went on for a while. On the days I didn't have to go to school, I would take at least 650 milligrams plus over the course of several hours, redosing when I felt my emotions come back. The only real positive effect of DPH was the effect it had on music. I could make it so that it was just me and the music in this world of hallucinations where imaginary people would come by and give me company, filling the gap that my family could have filled, but at the time my family was kind of broken. I stopped talking to my father as he was treating me unkindly, my mother was always at work, and my brother disliked me. I started becoming a piece of shit when summer came around as none of my old friends would hang out with me no matter how much I asked and no matter how many times I'd tell them I was in pain from being so alone. It didn't matter. I took a dose of 450 milligrams every day and would redose when I felt it wear off. I easily blew through at least 700 milligrams or higher every day. After a while, I began not feeling the heaviness I used to love so much. I was still emotionally numb, but I felt like I was becoming stupid, which I didn't care because at least I didn't feel lonely. I could feel the damage I was causing myself. You also must know, every time I did DPH, I did nothing but sit in a catatonic state, staring at the wall and listening to music. My pupils would dilate so large that I would look possessed, and my mom knew I was doing drugs because I would never come out of my room for food or water. Of course I would rehydrate and eat, but it was not a lot as DPH makes food and water taste so fucking bad. It was just enough to satisfy my hunger. I was so unhealthy, DPH turns your body into a desert and makes you piss out any liquid that's in your body. One night, I decided to go ham on DPH and immediately dosed 750 milligrams. Then when it kicked in, I dosed up to a gram, then to 1.3 grams, and I have no clue if I dosed more or if I didn't. When I was coming up, I was just listening to music and jamming as I could hear every single little detail in the song and it would almost come alive. This enjoyment didn't last for long though. It started out as my breathing starting to get kind of weird. It was slowly becoming very hard to breathe. Then my heart started beating faster and faster to the point I completely fucking lost it. I ran downstairs to my mother and screamed, I'm gonna actually fucking die, in tears, and she was trying to figure out what was happening with me, but all I could say was that I was going to die. One of our family members was on their way to get me and take me to the ER. I don't exactly remember if they were there or not when it happened, but I started having mini seizures that evolved into a grand mal seizure. The mini seizures were terrifying, feeling my body twitch, zap, and spasm out with no control over it. It made me cry even more. I kept screaming, holding on to my life because this wasn't a peaceful death. This was a hellish nightmare that only I was going through. I was the only one who felt the devil holding his gloomy cloud of death over me, 
and after a few more twitches, I blacked out and began having a grand mal. I came back to in the hospital, finding myself staring at a wall after I got shot up with lorazepam. Feeling my heart rate slow down and the twitching stop, I was still tripping. The visuals were extremely intense. I saw a demonic looking person made out of a mist that was staring right at me. I was seeing spiders everywhere. I could feel them all over me, in my hair, in my clothes, and in my skin. I could visibly see these invisible spiders on my body, but I believe it was just my skin being flushed and the patterns were morphing to outlines of spiders. I got sent to a 72 hour mental ward after that night and I didn't learn my lesson because the moment I got home, I took 400 milligrams of DPH. I just vowed to never go that high again. I was hooked to it, and when I wouldn't take DPH, my inconsiderate 16-year-old self would steal my mom's meds while she was at work. My brain was so fried, I thought it was completely okay to take her meds that she needed. Of course it's not fucking okay to steal your mother's prescription medicine, and this is something I had to tell my mom after I stopped doing DPH and DXM. I had to apologize for doing such a fucked up thing to her. I still feel guilty about it today, and all of the shit I put her through from being crazy delirious on DPH, and thinking it was perfectly normal to act the way I was acting. My mom would try to love and care for me, but I was so far gone down the rabbit hole, I didn't even care about her, and now when I look back at the things I did, I want to cry. I had still been addicted to DPH after all of this was happening, didn't have the slightest desire to stop. Even though the doses were significantly lower and it was just enough to make me numb, 100 to 150 milligrams, I was still taking DPH every day. School was starting back up around this time and I started getting back into DPH again, but this time I started taking it with DXM. The DXM was something that felt so spiritual in a way when I was first doing it, but figured out it was the devil as it was still feeding into my DPH addiction. I didn't like DXM without a trip dose of DPH, so I started combining the two at doses of 300 and 300, or 120 and 450. Surprisingly, I wasn't as hooked to DXM as I was DPH, but I was still somewhat addicted. The DXM would completely take away all the uncomfortable side effects of DPH, and the two would synergize to create a euphoria like none other. This is even more damaging than DPH alone, and sometimes if there wasn't Robitussin or Delsum, I would take Coracetin. Do not fucking do this. I started taking Coracetin kind of often, but I'd only use it when I was doing DPH, and I would only take 120 milligrams of it to take away my body load. When I would mix triple C's with DPH or take 480 milligrams of DXM in triple C's, I could actually feel my brain sizzling kind of. It was like my brain was just boiling inside my head. When I would come up on them, it would be extremely violent. It was almost always a mix of nausea, vomiting, and dissociation with triple C's. The last trip I ever had with DPH and DXM, I had taken a 300 and 300 dose. The reason this was my last trip is because I ended up going insane and was cutting myself in my thighs and wrists because I was that deep in the void and needed to know that I was still real and existing. The scars have yet to go away and I don't cut because I had drugs, so this was completely irrational behavior. The morning when I woke up and saw how deep all of the cuts were, I had an epiphany. That was the last fucking straw with these shit drugs, and I was never going to be further controlled by them. I threw all of my DPH and DXM away, including every other pill I had in my room. I gave my mom all the sharp objects I had, and called up a few of my relatives and told them the truth, the whole truth. I called them and told them to never leave cough meds or Benadryl out because I had an addiction to it and that it was causing too much damage to my body and brain to the point of it being unbearable. I called up a friend who I knew was a heavy stoner for a stable weed plug to help me stay off all of these other drugs and he agreed that I could start buying with him and his two other friends who I am now very close with and have helped my addiction. I had also fallen in love towards the end of my addiction began dating somebody who means everything to me. He makes me happier than any drug could, and if it weren't for him and my friends, I would have never gotten through this.
I had to tell him the truth as well, and even though I'd kept it from him in the beginning, it brought us closer together because he said, no matter what, I will never let you feel alone again. That moment was when I realized I had someone to live for. I wasn't alone anymore. I started crying. I cried so much because I knew that I am unable to reverse the damage that has been done. I haven't touched DXM or DPH in about 4 or 5 months. I feel extremely dissociated while sober, like seeing life being played through a screen or glass window from my eyes. I can't even recognize myself in the mirror. Sometimes I will look like a girl, sometimes I will look like a dude, and sometimes I look 12, and then others I look 18, my actual age. When I am completely sober, I feel emotionless. Other times I will feel angry or sad, and my moods switch very often and quickly, but my neutral emotion is none whatsoever without weed. I understand that self-medicating may be a bad idea for some people, because it may make the HPPD and everything worse for some, but for me, it helps me not feel as anxious about the HPPD I experience, and makes it easier for me to let go and finally feel happy. I think I damaged my brain to a point where I now have seizures sometimes and feel schizophrenic. I hear voices in my head every single day and they will be something that never goes away. The voices make me unable to concentrate and the voices are usually just random flows of information and aren't commanding. I always feel like reality isn't actually reality and the voices sometimes will talk about reality being a simulation or that I am not real. As far as visual HPPD, my vision is extremely fucked. My vision will forever be extremely blurry. I will forever see trails that block my entire sight sometimes. The patterns I see aren't that bad, but if I'm on other drugs, it becomes prominent. My memory is fucked. I can remember some stuff, but some of it also disappears, and this terrifies me to the point of tears because I don't want to wake up in bed with my boyfriend and completely forget who he is because I developed Alzheimer's or dementia. I don't want to forget my entire life, but it may be inevitable, and I can't go back. Ever. I get aggressively mad from the smallest annoyances sometimes. At first, my emotions were extremely hard to control, but I'm getting the hang of controlling them. I still have a few slip-ups, but I'm recovering slightly at least. My heart rate is a lot different than it used to be. I can't describe it very well, but it doesn't beat like how it normally did. It's very strange. I go into catatonic states often, which is why I think I may have given myself schizophrenia or some kind of epilepsy, because it takes a lot for me to get out of them. DPH ruined me passing school, and I'm still taking sophomore and junior classes when I should be a senior. It ruined my friendships because everyone knew I was on something and didn't want to associate with me because I was a drug addict. It ruined my chances of getting a learner's permit because when I should have been studying for that test, I was on DPH. My vision is so fucked that it scares me to drive because I can barely read the road signs when I'm in a car and I have slowed my motor skills and difficulty concentrating on anything which makes me scared to start driving. Every day that I live on this planet is a fucking struggle, but I struggle through it for my boyfriend. I use weed to help take my mind off of things instead of DPH or DXM and it's been very effective in taking away the anxiety of what I've done to myself and a good stress reliever. I cannot go back to how I felt before, and this may be something I have to put up with for the rest of my life. Please listen to me, it is not fucking worth it, it really isn't, trust me. If you are planning on doing either of these drugs, just don't. Go buy some weed instead because it's so much better than this shit, and if I would have done that instead of doing DPH and DXM, I wouldn't be experiencing any of this. I may seem like an attention seeker for telling this whole website this, but I must spread this information so that others will not have to suffer like me, because if I couldn't help myself, at least I can help others. And that's what I'm going to do. The day started out like any other day woke up and went to my shitty job. 
I finally made it far enough through the day to go on break and decided to walk over to the gas station next door. I planned on just grabbing a soda, a snack, and a new vape as my current vape was starting to die. I was looking at the case the vapes were kept in and noticed a new product, Amanita Muscaria Gummies. It said boldly on the package, Legal Psychedelic. This intrigued me because it said on the package that they were illegal shrooms. I have taken psilocybin mushrooms before and had several enjoyable experiences with them, so I said to myself, why not? They're right here and apparently legal. I live in a state that has some of the most strict laws for drugs in America, so I was somewhat skeptical to if they would live up to what the package said they were, but I wanted to give them a shot anyways because if they did work, this would be a much easier method to trip as mushrooms and other psychedelics were a rarity where I live, with it being a strict state and all. I did my research before taking them and realized the active ingredients were from a poisonous mushroom, so that made me even more skeptical until I read that, if prepared correctly, it was pretty safe to take and not going to kill you. Later that night, I took them, and the best way I can describe it was that it was definitely not like regular shrooms. There were visual effects, but nothing too intense, and the euphoric feeling was enjoyable. There was a side effect where you basically kind of get paralysis and it becomes very hard to move or think, but I was able to counter it with willpower alone, so it didn't really bother me. I enjoyed the experience overall and decided to try it a few more times. After the third time, I didn't really feel anything at all, so I looked it up if it had a tolerance buildup similar to shrooms. I got mixed answers where some people said it had a reverse tolerance, where you still got high, but with less, and the others said it had a regular tolerance to that of psilocybin. The latter was true in my case. This was disappointing, but I decided to simply just wait a week and give it another shot. After a week had passed, I thought it was long enough of a wait and I was good to go to have another dose. Went to the same gas station and got another pack. The gummies had 500 milligrams per gummy of the active ingredients of the mushroom. Five gummies equal 2,500 milligrams in all, and that was what I usually took, which was a considerably high dose, but it was never overwhelming for me. So later that night, I popped all five and waited. Usually, when my tolerance wasn't built up, the effects took only 30 minutes to kick in, and it was very obvious. After the 30 minutes passed and I didn't feel anything, I decided that I still had a tolerance and went to bed disappointed. Little did I know what I was in for, a ride to say the least. I am a very lucid dreamer to begin with. Almost every dream I have, I am at least in control of myself, but not always in control of my surroundings and the people or creatures around me. Not only that, but my dreams are usually very wild and almost nightmarish most of the time. All my dreams usually had this sense of impending doom or that something was following or hunting me. I also often dream of myself dying a lot. You know how with most people they have these dreams where they are falling from a high distance and they always wake up right before they hit the ground? That doesn't happen for me. I hit the ground and I feel everything. I feel pain, the life draining from me, and a feeling of an ever-consuming void overcome me. Then, after I die in my dream, I simply respawn like I am in a video game and continue dreaming. When I die in my dreams, it feels realistic. I remember one time where I was in a gunfight for whatever reason, and I was shot in my chest. The pain felt so real that I woke up screaming like I was in agony. That one really spooked me. But enough about my lucid dreaming, that was just to set up what I went through when I went to sleep while on Amanita. Like I said, after assuming that I wasn't going to trip, I said fuck it and went to bed as I was already sleep deprived. I then had an astral projection for several hours that became the most intense experience I have ever had in my life. I had slipped into a realm of severe schizophrenic madness. Let me start from the beginning. When I went into this astral projection, at least I'm pretty sure it was one, I had no idea of it and parts of the experience were not completely similar to other people's reports online that I have read up on. Usually when I read about astral projection experiences, people say that you basically float out of your body and you can see yourself sleeping in bed as if you were looking at yourself in third person. Those same people also report that their surroundings are basically the same, as they are outside the projection with familiar surroundings. No distortion, no people are usually there, other than the famous shadow people, and colors just look dull. And the whole experience doesn't last that long. None of that was my case. 
It started out like a normal dream. I was in a house that was completely foreign to me, but at the same time, I felt like I've been there before. This part of the projection I don't remember much of because nothing out of the ordinary was really happening. Then, at some point, I started hearing things, almost like someone else was in the house with me. This began to stress me out because I thought there was an intruder in the house that was not supposed to be in there, so I began wondering about trying to find the source of the noise. The house had a liminal layout, but wasn't terribly unrealistic at first. As I wandered further, things started to unfold into an endless maze. Eventually it became nothing but hallways, and the aesthetic of the halls almost had a feeling of a prison, but still had the feeling of a house, i.e. wood floors, wood panel walls, etc. I began to notice that the walls were lined with rows of cot beds that had what seemed like people sleeping in them. They looked human because they had normal looking skin and hair. Every person was facing towards the wall, so I couldn't see any of their faces. I didn't think anything of it at the time, so I continued my journey through the halls. Eventually, after what seemed like hours, I came across a small room the size of a closet with a single mirror on the wall big enough to see my face. I made the mistake of looking into it. What I saw shocked me because the person in the reflection did not resemble me. In fact, it barely even looked human. But deep down, I knew it was me. The face I saw disturbed me deeply. The eyes looked only slightly human, completely circular with no eyelids or eyelashes, with a piercing thousand-yard stare that felt like it penetrated my soul. The skin around the eyes were red, as if they had cried endlessly for a long time, and the face had wrinkles so defined that it was like they had fought in a thousand wars and experienced endless tragedies. Looking into this mirror was the catalyst to the rest of the projection. After looking away from the mirror, disgusted and shocked at what I saw, I felt different. Everything felt different. But it was still the endless hallways with beds all across the wall. The one thing that was different was that the people in the beds were facing me now, and they no longer resembled humans. They were silhouettes of blackness, with those perfectly circular human-like eyes similar to the ones in the mirror. All of them were looking at me, and that's where the schizophrenic-like experiences started. The voices were whispers that were inaudible to me, but a few that were, I heard comforting words like, don't give up, and things will get better. They were obviously coming from these figures, yet I could not understand most of them. They had no visible mouths for words to come from. The only visible feature they had were those ungodly eyes. Out of nowhere, I had woken up in my bed. I thought to myself, holy shit, that was crazy. I think I astral projected and actually saw those shadow people that were always talked about. Then I looked around and realized I hadn't woken up at all. I was still there. I had only woken up into a new layer of this hell. So I got out of my bed and continued on. The voices started again, and I began to hear a multitude of other noises, such as banging and knocking deep within the walls, many footsteps, and what sounded like claws scraping on a concrete surface. I began to have the feeling that something was following me, trying to find me, hunting me. This is when the anxiety really set in, and so, I began to walk faster. The voices became louder and more in number. Some were even becoming coherent to me and no longer just whispers in the distance. But there were so many voices that I couldn't concentrate on any of them. I tried, but it was pointless. They became so overwhelming that I could tell that the real me, the one stuck in slumber, was tossing and turning desperately trying to awake. I kept waking up over and over again only to find out I was yet in another layer of this experience, and the noises kept getting louder and multiplying to the point that it sounded like hundreds of voices were trying to talk to me and hundreds of footsteps trying to get to me. At one point, I had woken up for the last time, presumably in the last layers of whatever this was, and the shadow figures were out of their beds, standing, staring. I could tell by how they looked at me that they hated me, that I had overstayed my welcome. Then, they started screaming. The few sentences that I was able to coherently understand were, you're going to kill yourself, you're going to die, you'll be here forever. And the one sentence that stood out the most that kept getting repeated was that, it was going to kill me. 
I do not know what they meant by it, but I wasn't going to stand there and find out. I began running, faster than I ever have ran before. This upset the figures, and they started to come after me. They didn't have any visible legs that I could see, but they were moving fast. Some stood still and had arms that stretched for what seemed like miles trying to grab me. There were countless numbers of these things, and I was still trying to run down this hallway with very little room to avoid them. For whatever reason, I did not feel like they were trying to harm me, but yet capture me and take me somewhere. I did not want to find out where that was. This continued on for what seemed like a lifetime, and the sounds became so overwhelming that I couldn't even have a single thought. Then, I woke up. I woke up and I was in my room. I had my computer on the desk next to me, my nightstand with a clock that read 4.42 a.m., and my air conditioner was on, but I still wasn't sure I was back in reality. I was still suspicious that I had just woken up into yet another layer of that ungodly plane of existence. I stayed in bed for what felt like hours, unsure if I was back in the land of the living and real, mentally exhausted. Eventually, I got the energy to hop out of bed, still disoriented and dizzy, and went to the bathroom. I turned the lights on and looked into the mirror with blurred vision. It was me, the face that I always see in the mirror. That was when I truly knew I was awake. I have never felt such relief in my life. I don't really know how to end this, but I am writing this the night after I woke up, still trying to comprehend what happened to me. Everything in that dream, or astral projection, felt so real. I could touch, smell, taste, hear, and remember everything as if it really happened to me. I feel like something has changed in me, but I cannot pinpoint what. And what scares me is that I have a craving, almost like an addict, to go back to that place, to that plane of madness, but fear that I might get stuck there forever like the figures were warning me about, and that it, even though I never saw it, might get me. If you ever come across Amanita muscaria, which comes in many forms, gummies, chocolates, vapes, or even just cooking the mushroom itself, I'm not telling you to avoid it, nor am I condoning it, but goddamn, be careful with it. What I experienced might have just been a one-off thing that's secluded to myself. I haven't been in the right state of mind recently to begin with, but what I experienced will be something that I will remember for the rest of my life. I want to write more and in better detail, but I still don't have my full mental capacity back and writing this is actually kind of hard at the moment. Please be careful with psychedelics in general and be sure you're in a safe and stable state of mind to begin with before taking them. This story will jump around randomly considering there was a lot that happened for three to four months. I'll keep it as organized and on topic as possible. Okay, to start the story off, last summer I ended up leaving the stratosphere and returned. I had access to a variety of drugs, weed, acid, mushrooms, molly, ketamine, coke, DMT, etc. I was in college and decided to start experimenting with coke heavily then proceeded to mix molly, acid, and ketamine on a regular basis, sometimes mixing even more drugs, and these doses were on the heavy side. A normal night would look like maybe a gram of coke, tab or two of acid, sharing a gram of ketamine with friends, having molly water all day, and taking fat bong grips. My addiction got so out of hand, I ended up dropping out of college. Fast forward to a few months later, and I'm still using these large amounts. One night, I ended up crashing my car while under the influence. Shortly after, I'm staying at a trap house for a few days. I ended up doing that mix I mentioned earlier. I was watching Diary of a Wimpy Kid. My friends fell asleep, and that's when I started peeking. I started seeing realistic eyes opening out of the walls. I had a demon open the door while I was taking a shit. Later that night, I tried falling asleep and woke up having a seizure. Stayed up the rest of the night, scared of sleeping. This is when my early stages of psychosis started. I began to become extremely paranoid. People were stalking me and trying to kill me, throwing away tens of thousands of dollars worth of various drugs because I was scared of the police. 
I made the unfortunate and unwise decision to continue smoking weed and drinking during psychosis, which in turn I would get intense hallucinations and the voices would get louder. The first hallucinations I remember started while smoking a joint. I saw Saturn spinning in front of me. The person I was with said, you see those guys in suits? Do you want to sign a contract? I looked in the direction of a wall with shadowy figures. I said yes, and the hallucinations got progressively worse. It was very difficult to separate these delusions and hallucinations from reality. Shortly after that, I went upstairs to bed, and while in bed, I started hallucinating and saw what I thought to be the end of the world, which creepily in real life, there was a massive storm that was very loud, so scared me even more. My hallucinations in bed consisted of me seeing an all-seeing eye and planets. I heard about a hundred voices in my head that night. It hurt so bad. I told the voices I saw the end of the world, and a group of white props appeared in my vision, and they all gasped in awe. I went to sleep and woke up, and my uncle came upstairs while I was playing Xbox, and he said, You have this thing too, hey? And tapped on his head. I still have a very hard time figuring this exact day and night because it was the start of my psychosis and the most weird and coincidental part. Sometime after that experience, my brain created a story I actually believed, which consisted of me slitting my wrist because a voice told me to kill myself. Thankfully, I was too scared and only did small cuts. I then was told I had to pick 8 people to be in my Infinity 8. I choose one friend, a random drug dealer, and my ex and her family. Weird choice, I know. I heard all those voices regularly. I was told the CIA put us in a vault in Sweden to research us as we were robots. Then the eight of us got put on a spaceship together, and we would talk to each other consistently while I was homeless in real life. Another time after that, I went to a friend's to drink and smoke. I thought I was able to communicate telepathically with people. I thought me and my buddy were entering into a betting ring to make billions of dollars. I thought I was selling drugs just by talking to voices in my head. It reminded me of Frank and Mason from Black Ops 1 somehow. In this scenario, I was Mason and I would legit hallucinate numbers and repeat them. That same day, I ended up shaving my eyebrows and some of my hair off to change my identity. I was put into detox for a short bit, then I ended up staying at the homeless shelter after, tried to trade my Louis belt for a 26 of rum. I lost my iPhone 12 Pro Max along with my backpack full of clothes. After leaving the shelter, I started heading to my mom's. It was so cold I had to stuff my shoes with paper towels so I didn't get frostbite. On the way home, one of my ex's voice said, You can go get a bottle of liquor and put it on my credit. So I just walked out with a bottle. Then I headed to a subway and got the lady to make me a sub. It consisted of guacamole and chicken on white bread. I then took the sandwich and left without paying. I believe the CIA was talking to me and telling me to kill people. I later thought my brain was downloaded into a supercomputer by the CIA. I remember my thoughts would race like crazy. I then asked Calvin, one of my voices, to download my brain into a floppy disk so my thoughts wouldn't race so fast. I believe the world ended and we were in a Fallout 4 situation with an institute, thinking people were robots. I thought the color of food and drinks was related to certain drugs, for example, broccoli, weed, eggplant, lean, etc. I broke into someone's house just to take a bong rip, got stuck in the house because the lock was broken, and had to leave via balcony. After taking a bong rip, I thought my brain was powerful enough to communicate with the planet and aliens. I was walking and Calvin said if you don't kill this person, I'll hurt you. I said no and I got the most painful head pain I have ever had. I proceeded to hallucinate an alien in the sky and put a glass jar over me. The alien was scared of me for what the CIA was turning me into. I ended up stealing a car and crashing it, then had a warrant for me to get sent to a ward for 30 days. The first day I tried to escape, made it to the parking lot and got tackled by three guys. After that, I got put on olanzapine, risperidone, Ativan, and some sort of tremor medication. Shortly after getting out of the hospital, I overdosed on the entire bottle of Ativan. I thought I could hear my ex-girlfriends. They were nice sometimes, but other times, extremely mean and told me to do bad things. One night I can't explain, I had one Advil. 
Within seconds, I went unconscious, woke up gasping for air and having the most intense hallucinations I've ever had in my life, and I've done salvia and DMT. The car ride to the hospital, I hallucinated a retro TV playing random channels, hearing a rap song I've never heard that wasn't actually there. A clown and a black man kept walking up to me and saying how I had a good run and it's time to die now. Got to the hospital and saw Earth spinning in front of me, then turned into a digital looking sphere and I heard, DMT experience number 113 is now complete. It may have been one of my scariest experiences in my life. It's been almost a year since that happened, still currently on Risperidone, gained about 40 pounds on it. I don't feel the same anymore. My thoughts can get dark and random at times, sometimes getting auditory and visual hallucinations. Not as bad as it once was though. Other than that, I'm doing better. Unfortunately, I still use, but not the amounts that put me into that state. Ever since, I started getting very vivid, meaningful, random, cool dreams, and started getting lucid as well. If I am being completely honest, I do miss the voices in a sense. It's lonely without someone saying that old lady in line has a fat ass or pushing me to do illegal activities. There's so much more I'm forgetting about. It amazes me how the brain can get so turned around you start believing things that aren't true. It was an experience I'll carry with me for the rest of my life, mentally and physically. My brain will never be the same again. I found a research chemical called BDPC or Bromidol on a vendor site, but there is very little reliable information available on this chemical. Very quickly, it's an RC opiate that is theoretically 500 times as strong as morphine. This means that an orally equianalgesic dose to 10 milligrams of morphine is 20 micrograms. I'm going to tell you right off the bat that if you are looking for one of those totally unbiased trip reports that are purely analytical, this is not one of them. I overdosed on this drug out of pure stupidity and recklessness. If you are one of those magic people who have a legit lab setup, not your kitchen, and who have never and would never use a chemical in an even slightly reckless way, then maybe my biased writing does not apply to you. But if you are not one of those magical people, then please heed the countless warnings that are going to be in this report. For your awareness, I have used the following opiates. Morphine, hydromorphone, U47700, oxycodone, hydrocodone, and kratom. I am a 25 year old male, 6 foot tall, and I weigh 205 pounds. I am reasonably athletic and I have no confounding drug allergies or sensitivities. I received a 500 milligram sample. While handling it, I always use gloves and clean workstations. Additionally, I kept two vials of Narcan on hand if I felt an overdose coming on. Utilizing volumetric dosing, I initially tried dissolving 20 milligrams of it in water. This was unsuccessful. The chemical forms a crystalline precipitate on top of the water. According to ChemSpider, this chemical is only soluble at approximately 2 mg per 1 liter of water. I then dissolve 15 mg at 375 milliliters of 100 proof vodka. This was successful and yielded a solution of 40 micrograms per milliliter. I first used this chemical via the rectal route. The onset of the chemical via this route is fast. Within 5 minutes, I felt the spread of the opiate through my system. It feels like the late stages of a U47700 high. There is absolutely no euphoria or warmth. With most opiates, at first I feel a liquid warmth flow through my body, accompanied by intense euphoria and followed by the stupor of the nod. Depending on the opiate, I then can easily fall asleep, hydrocodone, or I am pretty energetic, U47700. This felt like a cool, or at best, lukewarm flow through my body that totally skipped euphoria and went straight to an intensely apathetic nod. I dose via PR in 10, 20, 40, and 60 microgram doses. Regardless of the dose, the feeling did not change. 
Within a half an hour of administering the drug, there was an intense nausea onset. I am not someone who gets nauseous from opiates. The only opiate that has ever made me nauseous is Kratom, and that was when I way overdid it. The nausea from BDPC stayed for the entire duration of the drug, which at the beginning of the use was 10 hours, but lessened to about 6 to 8 hours with repeated use. The nausea did lessen with repeated use, but it never went away. The intense nod lasted about an hour or so, and was followed by a traditional state of generally energetic apathy. It was impossible to sleep within 4 hours of taking it. Tolerance built up quickly. Within three days of dosing rectally, I could easily redose 20 to 40 micrograms in four hour intervals. I quickly grew sick of this drug. I was hoping that maybe once the nausea died down, the euphoria would show itself. Nope. So I decided to up the ante. I bought some propylene glycol and made a 60 microgram per milliliter solution for IV administration. IV dosing was similar to rectal dosing, started low, but realized I could move up to 30 micrograms at once. The rush from taking this drug again completely lacked warmth or euphoria. It went into straight nod, lying on my bed for about 20 minutes with my eyes closed, not thinking or really feeling. Honestly, the rush felt a little like IV diphenhydramine, which was followed by a cold nod. Despite me really not liking this chemical, I really liked the feelings of being altered, addict, and I had a lot of trouble throwing out the material. So I went over a friend's house and enlisted their help in convincing me to dump the stuff. I threw the chemical out, flushed it down the toilet, yup, I must have killed a million fishes, and I rinsed the baggie out and put it in my friend's trash. I hung out with my friend for the weekend, then on Monday, they had to go to class. They weren't supposed to be back until around 2pm, and I woke up around 10. I was bored and I remembered the rinsed out baggie sitting in their trash. This is where the reckless, stupid addict part of me took control. I figured, hey, I've never taken this orally, the bag is rinsed out, so there's probably nothing in it, so why don't I try dunking it in a cup of water a couple times and drink that water? I stupidly figured first pass metabolism, plus not being able to see any amount of powder in the baggie meant that I probably wouldn't even get a buzz. So I dunked the baggie in water, drank it, and prepared myself for being disappointed. Within 15 minutes, I felt the drug coming on. I decided to lay down on my friend's bed to enjoy the nod while it lasted. The next thing I remember is waking up as the EMTs transferred me into the hospital bed. I took the drug around 10.45am. My friend texted me when she got out of her first class to check in and I didn't respond to her. She got worried and instead of coming home at 2pm, she decided to drop by at 12 to check in. She found me, grey, with blue lips. I gasped for air a couple of times and then I stopped breathing. She called 911 and they had her give me CPR. When I woke up being transferred into the hospital bed, the EMT looked at me and said, You know you died, right? You weren't breathing. While I was conscious in the hospital, I received three doses of Narcan. I don't know how many doses they gave me on the scene and in the ambulance. Even after three repeat doses in the hospital, within 15 minutes of them giving me the Narcan, my oxygen saturation dropped and I began passing out. They then put me on a constant IV drip of Narcan and they kept me on it for over eight straight hours. When they weaned me off of it at night, I still had to be on oxygen. If I wasn't, my oxygen saturation dropped into the 70s. For young healthy people, your oxygen saturation should really never be below 90%. I vomited repeatedly until they gave me some Zofran, and as soon as that wore off, I started vomiting again. The GI upset lasted for about 34 hours. The next day, I spent coughing up blood, my chest hurting, half from lung damage, half from CPR, and I had to force myself to do deep breathing. If I didn't, I started getting dizzy again. This drug is not to be messed with. 
I'm not some addict scared straight from their first overdose. I've been around this rodeo before, woken up in hospitals more times than I can care to admit. Never have I had to get that much Narcan. Never have I had to be on a constant drip for that long. Never have I not felt even a hint that I was going to overdose from oral use of an opiate. Usually with orally dosed opiates, I can tell on the ride up if it's going to be too much. There was no warning with BDPC. I went from a light feeling of a nod to being completely gone. I guess I didn't even make it to the bed. I remember walking over to it. But when my friend found me, I was lying on the bed, my face smashed into the top of the bedpost. I don't think I actually made it to the point of lying down. This is all from an invisible amount of a substance in a rinsed out baggie that I dunked into some water. There's no excuse for how reckless I was. There simply isn't, but I want to convey something here. If you're the type of person who under any circumstance uses a substance recklessly, Please do not buy this chemical. One mess up and you're dead. Hell, if you sneeze when you're working with the powder, you might inhale some of it and then you would die. Even if you clean the counter, there is no guarantee that you got all of it. I don't know how transdermally active it is. Frankly, just touching without gloves could be a death sentence in and of itself. I wrote this report because when I told the doctors in the hospital what I took, they couldn't find anything on the drug. Literally nothing. There is almost no history of human use. Right now, I'm probably one of the most well-educated people on this chemical. I've read three studies that have referenced it, and I am positive I've read every trip report and comment thread that exists about it. When this drug hits the street, and it will. The vendor is now supplying bulk quantities of it. I need people to know that it's a goddamn death sentence. This makes fentalogs, with the exception of carfentanil, look like candy. With 20 micrograms being a pretty solid dose, in 500 milligrams alone, there were 25,000 doses of this drug, and the drug tests they gave me in the hospital were totally negative. BDPC did not register as an opiate on a hospital drug screen. This is a so far undetectable lethal opioid analog and it's on its way. I hope if someone reads anything before trying this drug, they read this. It is not worth it. It's honestly not. The fall term of my first year of college was just a couple weeks away. I wanted to start the year off right so I could be successful, so I decided to see a psychologist to possibly work out some issues I've had ever since I can remember, which were anxiety, GAD, panic attacks, social anxiety, mild depression, and ADD, all of which were very mild cases. The end result of this was ending up on Paxil CR and Concerta, which is a 12-hour time-release methylphenidate, Ritalin. This turned out to be the biggest mistake of my life. I started out on a small dose of 12.5 milligrams of Paxil CR to start me off. The reason for such a small dose was due to my past experiences of sensitivity to other SSRIs, such as Zoloft, Luvox, Trazodone, and so on. I never really had very good results with this family of antidepressants, along with Welbutrin, which didn't work for me as well. On a side note, I had started the Psychostimulant Concerta a week beforehand, which caused really no adverse side effects. The first day of taking the Paxil, I noticed a mild, jittery restlessness discomfort, which I experienced on the Zoloft and the Luvox I'd taken in the past. This led to insomnia, which led to little to no sleep for the first few days. The jittery discomfort persisted for the first few days as well. I also noticed after taking the Paxil, I would become fatigued and seemed to be impossible to concentrate on the simplest of tasks. This adverse reaction lasted for around two hours after ingestion and persisted to happen for the course of my Paxil CR experience. Afterwards, I would become moderately to severely mentally and physically stimulated, along with slight mania. This reaction would come to worsen over the course of my experience. 
After the first few days, I became much more tolerant to the Paxil. I developed a high self-esteem and a very positive outlook on everything. Nothing could get me down. It seemed my mental ability increased tenfold, a clarity I couldn't possibly imagine. My energy levels were at peak as well. I had the energy to stay up all night, meticulously clean my whole apartment, get weeks ahead of all my classes, work out extensively, cook a big breakfast for the girl I was carpooling with and go to class all day, then run home after class which is around 5-8 to eight miles away. After all that, I still couldn't sleep, even though I had already been up almost 48 hours straight. I had a full-blown manic episode, which lasted a week with no downs. I must have averaged two hours of sleep a night for a week straight. Along with only eating maybe one small meal a day, it also made me very thirsty, and I drank lots of liquids. I sweated profusely and had to urinate frequently as well. This sudden change in me had my friends and family thinking I was doing meth, but I didn't care. I was feeling better than ever, but how long could this last? I soon became very paranoid. I was seeing things out of the corner of my eye, like someone watching me in a parked car, and when I would turn my head to get a better look, nothing would be there. I would also hear noises which weren't there, like hearing a neighbor coming out of his apartment, hearing the door open and close, footsteps coming towards me, but when I would look, no one would be there. Along with the paranoia, I became very anxious and irritable at the slightest migration. I even started to feel violent and dissociated from reality at times. My sensitivity to light increased, and everything seemed to have a sort of hue to it. After about the second week, I started to have moderate to severe panic attacks. They occurred almost daily. I would feel as if I were dying. My heart felt as if it was going to explode. I would feel as if I were suffocating and I truly thought I was dying. I would make totally irrational decisions and even become violent. My hands would get cold, turning almost purple. My eyelids would be wide open and I would feel totally disoriented. By now, I had also stopped going to my classes since I couldn't deal with anything. I then decided to go back to my doctor and see what he thought I should do. I told him about my panic attacks, anxiety, sleeplessness, paranoia, and feeling violent and aggressive at times. I told him it did help my depression all in all as well. His response was that I should double my dose of Paxil and that should help the anxiety and panic attacks, even though I told him I almost never had panic attacks and that the Paxil is what brought on all that in the first place. I was also given Ambien for sleep and he said he didn't want to give me anything else since he didn't want to mix any more meds together since he was no psychiatrist. If that didn't work, I needed to see one to get that stuff worked out. By the second day of taking a double dose, which was 25 milligrams, still not a very big dose, I started out feeling a panic attack coming on. I felt a rush through my body, eyes went wide open and bugged out, my breathing got faster and faster. I felt this rage growing inside me for no apparent reason. The light became very bright and I felt dissociated from reality. I felt myself losing control, I yearned for blood. I felt as if I had superhuman strength. I lost almost all sense of right and wrong, all sense of pain and fear, as if I were an animal acting only on instinct, and my instinct was to hunt down and kill my prey. I then slugged the wall in my apartment, which was an area that was composed of metal covering a 2x4. My hand broke on the first hit. I could feel nothing even though my knuckles were three times the size of my other hand, purple and bleeding. I smiled and punched the same area over and over with all my strength. I must have punched it at least 30 times with a broken hand and still felt no pain. Both hands up to my elbow turned dark purple and freezing cold. I was bored with the wall and I was on my way out the door grabbing a big knife out of the kitchen for my journey. All that was on my mind was this intense murderous rage. Luckily my mom was there and told me she was calling the cops. I then told her to get away from me, for I feared I would kill her. I then decided to sit down and wait for the cops to get there. 
My rage worsened, and my heart felt like it was going to explode. My teeth started chattering extremely hard and fast, much worse than they would from just being cold. I was going into shock or something. I then waited for the cops to get there with the kitchen knife in pocket. I was waiting for their arrival and for that loud knock at the door that cops tend to do, hoping to take them out with a knife as I greeted them. As I was waiting, my mom locked herself in the bathroom. It turned out that she called my aunt and uncle while locked in the bathroom with my cell phone. By the time they got there, I was starting to come back to reality. I was still psychotic, but no longer homicidal. I ended up taking an Ambien, which calmed me down a little bit. I then realized my hand was broken pretty bad, and I can barely move my fingers. I then popped a couple Vicodin and went to bed in disbelief of what I did and what I could have done. I am a very non-violent person. I have never even raised my hand in anger to anyone in my life prior to Paxil, and I wasn't mad or upset about anything prior to going psychotic. Before I started the Paxil, the occurrence of my panic attacks were months apart, and they would only consist of my heart pounding. I felt as if I were having a heart attack and have even blacked out a couple of times. It never made me violent or lose control of myself. Before the Paxil, I was very down to earth and rational. I didn't have the ups and downs like the bipolar symptoms I have now, as well as the hand that will cause me problems for the rest of my life. A week after this incident, I finally got in to see a psychiatrist, which put me on Depakote. It's an anti-seizure medication. It's also used to treat bipolar disorder, ADD, and migraines. I'm currently still having the violent psychotic attacks from the Paxil, which I've only been off for three days. I actually had an attack a couple hours prior to writing this. I have no idea what the withdrawal symptoms from the Paxil that I may be experiencing due to the possible side effects from the Depakote. I've been having horrible headaches where I just want to gouge my eyes out. After this experience, I did a lot of research which I should have done from the start. There are hundreds of cases I've read about this drug which lead to homicide, suicide, and hospitalization. I have found the two main causes of the severe cases were either due to people that are bipolar or people that have certain types of ADD, which can also be similar to bipolar disorder, along with people quitting without tapering off. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Never rely on any kind of doctor to play life and death with you. Research anything you take very extensively and pay close attention to the effects. You can hire and fire your doctors as you see fit, and don't be reluctant to do so if you have doubt about them. I'm currently scheduled to get a brain scan done to see what exactly I may have. I have self-diagnosed myself as having Ring of Fire, which is a type of ADD. I would suggest the book Healing ADD if you are bipolar or have been diagnosed with having a type of ADD. It's better to spend the time to research than to end up misdiagnosed and end up taking a drug like Paxil and blowing away your whole family. I fear for what the future may bring since I was told to stop the Paxil and not to taper off and the Depakote is a depressant. On December 27, 2016, I dislocated my right shoulder while surfing. The pain was excruciating. Friends rushed me to the local emergency center where the doctor elected to put me under so I didn't have to experience the trauma of putting my shoulder back in place. I happily agreed given I had experienced a shoulder relocation some 10 years before after a nasty climbing accident. The pain of relocation was something I did not want to have to experience again. However, the doctor gave me a drug called ketamine for the job. I was given an unknown, to me, amount of ketamine through an IV in my arm. This caused me to have a very bad experience, apparently a trip into what I come to learn is called the K-hole. I have never used or even experimented with drugs, or for that matter, even heard of this drug, so I found this experience to be terrifying and deeply traumatic. I'm writing this as much as a cathartic exercise for myself as to share what I went through so others may be informed as to what this drug can do to you. User beware. 
About 15 seconds after being given the drug, it started with what I can only describe as a speeding up of everything I could sense in the physical world. My vision and the sounds of the trauma ward, including words spoken by the nurse and doctor, and even the feeling of my body on the bed, as well as the very sharp pain in my shoulder, all mixed together and accelerated into a high-frequency, deeply disturbing bodily vibration. It started with my extremities and slowly grew inwards to my torso. I felt as though my physical body was becoming pure energy, the frequency of which was painfully high. I literally resonated with energy. It was excruciating and soul-wrenching. It was way worse than the pain from my dislocated shoulder. I wanted to scream, but could not. I was very afraid and I did not understand what was happening to me. This increasingly brutal vibration of life went on for what I subjectively felt was about an hour. There was no escape. As this terrible vibration progressed, I was forced to completely lose my sense of body, my life, my personality, and eventually, even my very sense of self. I fought this terrifying process every step of the way and with every bit of strength I could muster. However, it was as useless as trying to swim against a raging river a million miles wide. I got the sense that resisting it was totally futile and that it was somehow like trying to resist the force of creation or God himself. Letting go of my body was very, very disturbing. I was totally paralyzed and lost my sense of sight first. Then it was the sense of my extremities, followed by my torso. I was being eaten by the vibration. Next thing I remember was that all that remained of me was my left eye. This is difficult to describe, but the feeling was that I was only my eye. Not that I could see with the eye, but that I existed as just my now blinded left eye. This body removal process continued until my only connection with my body was my breathing. As soon as I realized this, I was forced to give that up too. It felt like I was drowning. This was the very last physical feeling I had. After that, I was completely without a body or any sense of existing in a physical sense. At this point, I was to be honest panicked and very, very terrified. I 100% believed I was dead. Worse was being forced to give up my personality. The destruction of my personality began when I realized that I must be dead. After I lost all sense of my physical being and stopped panicking about it, I reasoned that I must have died. At first, I was very angry, then I was very sad. In fact, I became profoundly sad. I was sad that my life was over. I was sad for my loved ones, especially for my partner Myra. I loved her and missed her so much. Then I realized that I was having these thoughts after the fact and that my dying was a thing of the past. I wondered what my funeral was like. I got a real sense of the passing of a great deal of time at this point, like I was having these thoughts perhaps weeks or even months after my death. I then accepted it. Once I'd accepted my death, my very identity was progressively removed. Again, I found this process to be terrifying. It felt like my very mind was being dissolved, trait by trait. At first, I didn't care that I had died. Then I didn't care that my life was in fact over. Eventually, I didn't even remember my life. In the end, I didn't remember there was such a thing as a life. Life in the world I had known had receded from me, like a tiny colorful island in the mighty river of reverse creation which I was being swept along in, like it never existed. Eventually I wasn't me, a person, anymore. Instead, I had become what you could perhaps call the essence of being. Simply put, I was only aware, nothing more. I fully believed that I was a soul now, and this was the afterlife. I found myself in a place which is very hard to describe. I know that no words will do it justice. I perceived it as a shining white undimensional space. I say undimensional because it did not have three dimensions in the sense we perceive a space here in this world. Instead, it had an infinite number of dimensions which at the same time all seemed to be compressed into one dimension. To put it another way, it had an infinite number of dimensions, all of which interconnected here in the space. I had no sense of direction, nor had I any sense of time. 
In fact, the space seemed to me to be the very fabric upon which reality was built. It was the scaffolding of universal possibility. I had the sense that it was made of pure energy. I existed in the space only as a point of awareness. I perceived that I was in the space as much as I was the space. I also perceived that I would be in this state for an eternity. I perceived that there was no real direction or movement of time in the space. I accepted this as unconditional. Furthermore, I felt not alone. I perceived great evil as much as great good. I intrinsically knew that the evil was soul destroying. I very much did not want to become any more aware of the evil. I yearned to become more aware of the good. The evil was very destructive, while the good was very constructive. My only real feelings in the space was the abject fear of the evil there and the tremendous yearning for the good. The idea that I would be stuck for an eternity in the presence of the evil there was simply appalling to me. Conversely, the idea of being stuck for eternity in the presence of the good was quite appealing to me. I spent what I perceived as a very long time in the space, what felt like many years. I oscillated between worrying about the evil and hoping for the good in the space. I never met either directly. Eventually though, the space winked out of existence and the process I've described above was reversed. The whole feeling of the conversation from a physical state to one of pure energy began again, except in reverse this time. The high frequency vibrations were as painful coming up as they were going down. I was in agony again for what seemed like an hour. When they died down, I was truly surprised to find I had a body again. I was then convinced I must have died and been brought back to life. I said as much to the doctor, which he replied, Not in my watch. After that, I was convinced I'd been in a coma for an extended period of time. So much so that I asked the doctor what time it was. I worried that my life had gone by and that I was an old man in some palliative care center, perhaps on my deathbed. I cried when I found out only an hour or two had passed. I felt that I had been given my life back. It took me another two hours to physically recover. Mentally, I feel okay now, but it took me 24 hours to really feel like me again. I still shudder at the thought of being stuck in the K-hole without the good, or even worse, with the evil. I can honestly say that this was the worst experience of my life. It's made me think a great deal of preconceived ideas about reality most of which I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Also, I am seriously hoping there are no long-term psychological effects from this experience. Getting over the trauma of dying is one thing, but hopefully there is not anything. One thing is for sure though, I'd never allow anyone to give me this drug again.